Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, go with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians, the 6th chapter. And uh, we'll turn to that opening, and then we'll go to the Lord in prayer over the word tonight. Glory to God. Ephesians chapter 6. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you tonight for your holy written word. Father, it is a light into our pathway. It's a lamp into our feet, Father. And so we come before you tonight with expectancy, expectant hearts, Father. We want to see things that we've not seen. We want to understand things that we've not understood as clearly as we could have. Glory to God. The entrance of your word brings light. And we're, we're putting a demand on that tonight. And we thank you for that. Glory to God for revelation knowledge, understanding, a spiritual understanding in Jesus' name. Glory to God. And we thank you for that, Father. I thank you, Lord, for the ability to speak and to say what the Spirit would have me to say. Say it the way I ought to say it. And for each one of us, myself included, to have hearing ears, spiritually speaking, that we can hear what the Spirit is saying to the church tonight and, and get insight, Father, in the area of prayer so that we can be more effective in praying effectively in, in, in these last days. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter 6, the text that we looked at in... Uh, uh, previous Wednesday nights, and we're going to go back to that again tonight. Verse 18, it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, Paul said, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. If you want to know how to pray for your pastor, this is one good way right here, or for any preacher. Amen, that utterance would be given, that we may, as ministers, open our mouths boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, the word of God, and to speak it boldly as we ought to. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We talked about this before, that verse 18, some other translations, the Amplified Translation, for instance, says praying with all manner of prayer. The Goodspeed translation says use every kind of prayer in entreaty and at every opportunity pray in the spirit. And uh, so we know that this is telling us that there are, there are different kinds of prayer. And uh, not all praying is prayed the same. Not all kinds of prayers are prayed the same. On, Wednesday, on, on uh, Monday night after prayer, uh, or maybe just before prayer, I, th I think it was after prayer, someone came up and we were talking about this very thing. This person had a, a question about uh, the way to pray over certain situations and, and, this, and, and the answer was exactly what we're talking about tonight. All prayer is not the same. All kinds of prayer are not the same. They're different kinds of prayers and they have different uh, rules or different principles that direct and govern those kinds of praying. And if we don't know what they are, if we don't know the different kinds of prayer, uh, it's easy to try to pray about something the wrong way. 
And you may be, you, you may be conscious of God's will in the matter, but that doesn't necessarily mean you can go about it the same way just because you know the will of God. And of course, we know that the word is the will of God. His, his, his will is revealed right here. But then there are details and, and fine points of God's plan and God's will for individuals' lives that you won't find in the Bible. And so you have to know what the Spirit is saying and you, you pray according to the word. But then there's just, there are just different ways to get God's power uh, available to people. You know, we're, we're familiar with that verse over in James where it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. And that's really what we want to do when we pray. We want to make the power of God available in a situation. Now, people don't always act on the power of God. They don't always take advantage uh, when God's power is manifested. But that's the best you can do in a situation for someone or for yourself. For yourself, you, you, you know you can act on it. For somebody else, the best you can do is pray that the power of God would be made available and uh, that God would minister to them and encourage them. And, uh, but it's up to people to act on it. You can't take people home with, them, with you and live their lives for them. Amen. And uh, for some people, the sooner you learn that, the better off you'll be and the happier you'll be and the less frustrated you'll be. Amen. We don't try to take other people's problems home and try to, to, to solve everybody's problems. Just give them the word, give them instruction as the Spirit leads you, and then uh, trust the Holy Spirit to, to make those things real. So there are different kinds of prayer. Just to give you a quick overview, there's the prayer of faith. And in, in our kinds of churches, word and spirit churches like ours, because God raised up the message of faith uh, uh, back in the 1960s, late 60s and early 70s when the word of faith movement really began to, to uh, 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 take hold. It was because there was a lack of understanding of faith. And really faith is involved in every kind of praying. Not every kind of praying is the prayer of faith. There's the prayer of faith. The, the other kinds of prayers are the prayer of consecration, the prayer of commitment, the prayer of praise and worship, you know, praise and worship is prayer. It's communicating with God, isn't that right? The prayer of agreement, there's united prayer, there's praying in the spirit, there's the prayer of supplication, the prayer of intercession. So there's these different kinds of prayers and faith is involved in all of them. And you need to know how to apply your faith in these other kinds of praying. Does that make sense? Even though it's not the prayer of faith, you still have to apply your faith in the execution of that prayer. And so we'll talk about that. Go over with me to 1 Timothy, the second chapter, and we'll look at another verse that talks about some of these different kinds of prayers. In 2 Timothy, Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. So here we have four different kinds of prayers listed in this one verse. There's supplication, prayers, just general prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks. I, uh, I pointed out that the, the Greek word for prayer and supplication, uh, those two, that's two different Greek words. And when we talk about revival praying and what we need in these days in order to bring about the move of God 
in the depth of the move of God and the revival that we're all believing for, in order to see it come to pass, it's not just a matter of believing for it. We cannot just use our faith and believe this revival in. That's just not the way it works. Uh, The prayers of supplication and intercession are especially important in these days. Now, all the other kinds of prayers are also important. But the prayers of supplication and intercession have been overlooked and on, on, one, on one side, on one extreme, they've been overlooked, not, not used, not understood. But then there's, there's a few years ago, there was an ex- extreme on the other side in the area of intercession. And, and the, the prayer of intercession was abused. It was taken, uh, some people kind of had the idea back then that the only really kind of effective prayer was intercession. And everybody talked about, oh, let's get together and let's intercede, let's intercede, let's intercede. Well, intercession's not always called for. And because people had uh, the idea that intercession was, was the only real effective kind of prayer and the most important kind of prayer, well, people got it into error, got it into excess, and God really had to pull back. And the church pulled back uh, from some of, the, some, some of the excessive things that were happening, but we're not gonna get into that in, in this move of God. We're gonna get it right. Amen? And so we need to know about uh, these different kinds. So again, go with me. I quoted it, but go with me over to James chapter 5. And let's look at the passage I just quoted. James chapter 5. You'll remember Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. 1 Timothy 2, chapter 2, verse 1. And this passage all mention prayer and supplication mentions separately. So let's read this from the, uh, let's look at verse number 16. It says the prayer of faith, uh, excuse me, uh, verse 16, confess your trespasses to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effective fervent prayer. Supplication is earnest, heartfelt fervent prayer there's an element of urgency in supplication and now intercession we'll get into it in in in, uh, another session intercession is also fervent and supplication is used in intercession but the two have different uh, purposes but for us tonight just talking about supplication supplication is a heartfelt fervent prayer there's a sense of urgency like I said it's a it's a separate word uh, the, the Greek word for prayer, it, the common word that you see all through the Bible, is the word prosukle. Uh, and the words, uh, and, and it just means to pray. The Greek word for supplication is deesis, deesis. And uh, it, the, the, the word stresses the, the urgency and the uh, sense of need, the com- it's a compelling word. When, you know, sometimes you're compelled to pray. You know, things, are, things arise sometimes and things come up that are urgent. And uh, you, now, now, supplication is not anxious praying. You need to understand that. It's not anxious and it's not fearful. But there is a certain sense of urgency about it because of the need. 
And so like I've said before, it's not casual praying. And there's a place for casual praying. When I say casual, I don't mean insincere. I just mean it's, it, you're praying about something that is not urgent. You know, someone says, well, uh, you know, pray for me that uh, I'll have favor on my job. Well, that's not an urgent, it, it's an important prayer request because we all want that. We want to have favor on the job, but that's not necessarily urgent. And so you can pray that way uh, and, and get in agreement. Like I said, there's the prayer of agreement. That's one way to pray. You can get in agreement with someone. But then if there's something going on in that person's job where they're being threatened or they're being abused or misused and there's a lot of, uh, of uh, 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 animosity or a lot of, uh, of opposition, things going on that aren't right, then sometimes that takes a little more uh, urgency and it, it gives more urgency to it. But again, it's not fearful urgency and it's not anxiety. And uh, now let's look at some, some different uh, passages that show us who, uh, who, can, who can we make supplication for. Go over to Philippians and look at the fourth chapter, Philippians chapter 4. I'll be honest with you. Until just a few years ago when Brother Hagin started teaching on supplication, I had never heard anybody talk about supplication. Growing up in the church, of course, we didn't really identify any of the different kinds of prayer. We just, y'all pray, somebody pray, help me pray. And we just, we just understood you're supposed to pray. We didn't know anything about the different kinds of prayer. And... Uh, but even in the early days of the Word of Faith movement, uh, Brother Hagen, you know, he's got books on prayer, and uh, and he didn't really he didn't really identify supplication uh, very much, and so I really didn't know too much about it as a as a separate kind of praying. And then you know, in the latter years of his life, Brother Hagen began to teach on supplication and the importance of it, and. Uh, you know, we, we have the word intercession and we have the word intercede. And so it's common for people to talk about uh, someone interceding or being in intercession. But you, you, you don't ever hear about anybody talking about, well, someone was supplicating. You just don't hear that. But it, it, it's an, it's, it's a, it would be an accurate word. Because if you're praying, praying the prayer of supplication, you would be supplicating. And, and so that it just goes back. The only point I'm making there, I'm not trying to add a new word to your vocabulary. I'm just making a point that it was, a, it was a, a, an area of prayer we really didn't know anything about. And it's hindered us. It's hindered the church. I'm talking about the body of Christ, not just us, but the body of Christ. Have you found Philippians chapter 4? Now, what can we make, or, or excuse me, who can we make supplication for? Who does the prayer of supplication uh, apply to? Where can you use it? Who can you use it for? In, uh, in Philippians 4, verse number 6, he says, Be anxious for nothing. So we know right away about uh, what he's about to tell us. He's not telling us something that, that is going to get us anxious or make us anxious. He's saying, don't be anxious. Do not be anxious for anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. So here again, it's the third time 
in, in, in we've seen here tonight that prayer is listed and then supplication is listed separately. So they must, it must be talking about two different things. If it was talking about the same thing, he would just say uh, in everything and by prayer. But he said in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Now, when he added the words with thanksgiving, that tells me right there that there's an element of faith involved. Because that's, that's one of the, of the uh, uh, essential ingredients to, uh, to being in faith and, and applying your faith and using your faith is to give thanks to God before you see the answer. So that shows us right there that, that the principles of faith apply. But, but he identifies this uh, as a separate kind of prayer. He said, be anxious, don't be anxious. So that t- he's, he's talking about a situation here that would tend to be anxious. He's talking about a prayer need that you would, tempt, you would be tempted to be anxious about. And there are things that come up in life, and all of us have been there, where, where something happens and you have, a, you have a tendency to be anxious about it. Because it's, it's uh, uh, there, there, you, see some, you see some potential that something could really go bad or go wrong or, not, or something serious could, could happen or something that is important might not happen. So there's an element where you're tempted to be anxious, but he, start, he said, now, in this kind of prayer, don't be anxious, but instead, by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. Now, you can, play, you can pray this for yourself, your requests. And all of us, like I said, have had times where, where we've had to pray more earnestly than at other times. The problem is, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me go ahead and go to verse, verse number seven. He said, don't be anxious, but pray the prayer of, of, of the pray regular praying, which would include, you know, maybe any kind of praying. But then he identifies supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So it's talking about a prayer of petition. It's talking about asking God for something. He said, if you'll do that, then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. If you'll do this, see, in, in word of faith circles, like I said, we've had the tendency to, to approach everything through faith, just the prayer of faith. You know, we, we, were, we were labeled the name it and claim it group early on, way back in the 70s. Our, our critics said, yeah, that name it and claim it group. And then somebody got a little fancier and they said that blab it and grab it group. Well, you know, I know they meant that as an insult and I, I understand that, but I tell you what, it doesn't bother me a bit. I'm absolutely a name it and claim it guy. Amen. Jesus said, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. That's, that's naming it and claiming it. Might not be blabbing it, but it's naming it. But we've, we've had the tendency to think that that will carry the day all the time and, and it won't. Particularly in areas where the need is greater and it's not just... I told this person Monday night, I said the prayer of faith is designed specifically 
and you can, you, can, you can pray it with somebody else if you get in, in agreement. You can pray the prayer of agreement and you can join faith. But when you're praying about your own life, something that you see it in the scriptures that something belongs to you. If you know according to the Bible that by his stripes you were healed, that Jesus himself took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses and that means he took it away, took it and carried away to deliver you from it and by his stripes you were healed, then you know your healing belongs to you. Doesn't matter what the, what the uh, diagnosis is, you know healing belongs to you. You can just take the prayer of faith and pray that. Whenever you're praying for situations that involve somebody else, it might be about you, but there are other people involved. You know, you can't just force other people to line up with, with your plan for life. You can't, you can't always get people to agree with you. They don't always want what you want. They're not always going the same direction you're going. And there are a lot of circumstances in life that, uh, that God's not in. People involved in it, you know, aren't following God's will. They might be saved or unsaved. And, and it's probably just as likely one way as the other to people to be out of the will of God, saved and unsaved. Well, when you're praying about something like that, even, even when it's something that is for you, if other people are involved, sometimes you have to pray a little differently more than just, you, you, still, you still use your faith, but you have to pray through some things. There's some opposition out there. Over in the Old Testament, Daniel set himself, uh, uh, took some time to, to, to get aside and to seek God and to pray and to fast. And it took days and days for the answer to come. When the answer came, the angel showed up. He said, from the very first day you started praying about this, I was sent with the answer. You know, it didn't take angels long to get there. If he was sent the day Daniel started, uh, presto, he was there. I mean, in terms of how angels can, can, can move across space in an instant. But it took days because this angel encountered spiritual opposition. Now, it's a little bit different uh, then and what, what was being dealt with. There, there's, uh, there are some aspects that's, that still apply. We have greater authority today because we've been delivered from the forces of darkness. But there are still some wicked spirits that operate in the, in the spiritual realm concerning things that we have to deal with. We've been delivered, but that situation might not be delivered. Your, the people on your job might not be delivered. They might not be walking in, yeah, Kendra's in, yeah, I know, I know all about it. <laughs> but when, when something like that comes up, you have to, you have to press a little bit. And our failure has been, uh, we just want to be sort of, we, we, want, we want it right now and we want to pray a quick, short prayer and name it and claim it and go about doing something fun. You know, go about our business. But prayer is a business. Prayer takes dedication. If you're going if, if to walk in the full blessing of God, you're going to have to be a person of prayer. And it's not going to be quickie prayers all the time. 
said, if you're going to walk in, if you're going to walk in the fullness of what God has for you, it's, you're not going to get there by a quick prayer of faith all the time. You're going to have to learn how to persevere in prayer and learn, and learn what these uh, kinds of prayers are all about. So it says here that uh, you can pray for yourself, uh, uh, the prayer of supplication. Go over to Ephesians chapter 6 again. We read this verse a minute ago. Let's look at it again. Ephesians 6, 18. Praying always with all kinds of prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now notice this, this, is describe, this, is, this isn't describing a one-time hit. This isn't describing a, a, a lifestyle of praying uh, quick or uh, precise one-time prayers because he says praying always and then being watchful to this end with all perseverance. Sometimes you have to persevere uh, uh, in some areas of prayer. So we can pray for ourselves, but we can also pray for the saints, for all the saints. You can pray this prayer for other people is what I'm saying. And, and, and it probably applies even more so for other people because you're not, you're, you're not going home with him. You know, people can, can tell you one thing and they can say, this, listen, this is what's going on on the job and I'm being persecuted and, and I need your help, you know, and, uh, in prayer. And uh, you can say, well, yeah, you know, I'll come against that. Well, you know, a lot of times there's another side to the story. A lot of times they're the, that big bad employer, sometimes they're right. And your, and your dear beloved brother and sister in church maybe isn't telling you the whole story. Maybe they're not as good as employee as they, as they would like you to believe. Amen. Well, you know, if you just claim that that knucklehead boss will get his or her act together and straighten up, you know, and, and, and do right and treat your, your friend and your, and your fellow uh, brother and sister and treat them right, uh, you know, that's not going to get the job done. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> First Timothy, we won't turn over there again. We've already looked at it. We can pray for, for, for all men. He said for, for, for all men and for kings and for all who are in authority. So the prayer of supplication is a prayer that's good for a lot of different things. Now, let's look at some examples of how we were told to pray the prayer of supplication. What kinds of things? Go with me to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. This is what I really wanted to get into tonight. Matthew 9. Hallelujah. And let's look at the last, last part of this chapter. Let's start in verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Now, we look at Jesus, and of course, as a person, he stands in a class all by himself. He's the son of God. We're, we're sons of God, but 
uh, not in the same sense that Jesus is. He's, he's the son of God in the sense he is God. He's God the son. I'm a son of God, but I'm not God the son. And neither are you. But we look at Jesus a lot of times and we see, well, you know, Jesus, because of who he was, because he was God the son, he had this uh, success rate that no one else can touch because, come on, he's Jesus. And so we see him going about, he said it went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues. Wouldn't you have liked to have got into some of those teaching sessions? Teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. I, I, I just, when I get to heaven, I, I, wanna, I want Jesus to go, I want him to preach some of those sermons for me. Just preach, preach what you preached there in, in, in Nazareth. Preach what you preached in, in Capernaum. Preach what you preached uh, throughout uh, Judea and, and all the places you are. I just want to hear some of those sermons. You know, you can go online and you, there, there are certain preachers that have real famous messages, you know, and they're known for those messages. Whew. You imagine Jesus could preach. You imagine when he preached, there was fire in his preaching. You imagine it stirred people. Yeah. Stirred them to the very core, moved people. Well, praise the Lord. I, I want to hear some of those sermons. Amen. Teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And so we look at Jesus and we think, well, you know, of course he had that success because of who he was. But again, we, we, have, to, we, 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 we have to go back. It's such a, it's such a fundamental thing that we have to go back to and remind ourselves of is that he laid aside his, the resources that belonged to him as God the Son and operated in every sense like you and me, except he was sinless. He didn't have, he didn't have that hook in him, you know, in his flesh that we had. He had flesh, though, and his flesh could be tempted, but, it, but, but, but there was no sin in him. So there's a difference. But as far as how he ministered, he, he humbled himself and, and took, on our, took our place, became like us. And so he had the success he had because of his commitment to the word. He knew the Bible. When he was, the first thing, after, first thing we hear about him after he was born you know, the next story we hear, he's 12 years old and he's sitting in the temple. He's, he's forgotten his parents, you know, typical 12-year-old, you know, out to lunch. He's sitting in the temple and, and he's sitting at the feet of all of the teachers and the lawyers, the doctors and scribes, the people who have spent their lives, uh, you know, studying the Bible. And he's sitting there and he's asking questions and he's answering questions. And, they're, and they're, they marveled at his understanding of the scriptures. Well, he, he got that because he, was, he applied himself. That's how he knew who he was. That's how he knew who he was. I mean, you, you understand that he, he became a, a human being. He was born just as a baby and, and he went through the development stages, the stages of, of uh, developing consciousness and self-awareness and, and uh, understanding the world and, 
how to talk and you know how to pick things up and how to you know all of the stages and and becoming like I said self-aware well there was there had to have come a time there had to have been a time in his life when he realized wait I'm the Messiah I'm the Christ I'm the one that I've been reading about you think you have difficulty with revelation You think you struggle with, re, with discovering truths from the Bible. Well, don't get that complex. My point is, he was successful because he was a praying person. He spent time in the Word, but he spent time in prayer. Many was the time whenever they went to, to look for Jesus and he was out away up on the mountainside praying. He sent the disciples away to get into the boat. Sometimes after preaching all day, ministering to the sick for hours, he would send the disciples away. Then he would go up on a mountainside and pray the rest of the night. If Jesus needed to pray, if he needed to pull some all-nighters in prayer, how in the world do we think we're going to be effective if we don't pull some all-nighters in prayer? I got one amen. I don't want to pull any all-nighters in prayer. I'm telling you, if we're, going to, if we're going to have the move of God and you're going to have the will of God done in your life, you're going to have to be a person of prayer. And, and the prayer of faith is just not going to always do it. Amen. Notice he, he says that uh, he saw the multitudes. He was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Now, Jesus was moved. He saw a need. And he saw that it was going to take more than him. He's just one person. Here he is. He's healing all kinds of sickness all kinds of disease, teaching, preaching, feeding people miraculously. We know all the miracles that he did. But he also had, had an awareness that there was a bigger need out there than he could meet by himself. You ever think of that? You ever think of Jesus thinking that way? It says he was moved with compassion because they were... Uh, weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. So he said to the disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Jesus was, Jesus was at this particular point, when he said this, he was, he was surveying what was in front of him. And he was realizing that, and, and I'm not saying he just realized, I'm not saying that this was something that this was a revelation to him at this time, but, but he is seeing again something that I'm sure he knew that this, this job was bigger than what he could do by himself. He said the harvest is huge and the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, the interesting thing is, I don't know why. I, I, this is another question I'm going to ask somebody when I get to heaven. 
I'm going to ask these people down through the centuries that translated the Bible why they weren't consistent in translating words. This isn't the ordinary word for pray. Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest. This is the word for supplication. There is a, there is a, 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 uh, a verb, supplication is a noun. The verb form of that is used in this, in this word, and in this uh, location right here, and it's, and it's pronounced similar. I don't think I wrote it down. It's pronounced similar to, to the way supplication is pronounced, but it's the verb form. So Jesus, Jesus didn't just say, pray. He said, make supplication to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So I went through the Bible today and I looked at this, this particular Greek word and, and I saw that uh, it was translated, the, the most common way this word was translated, it, it is translated pray here, but this isn't, like I said, it's not the ordinary word for pray. It's the verb form of supplication. And I found out that it's translated pray, but most often it's, transla it's translated beseech in the older King James. So you can say it that way, therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest. It, in the new King James, this word is translated implore, urge, and beg. Now that, that, that gives a whole different spin on this verse. Jesus said in order for the harvest to come in, there's going to have to be some urgency in our praying. Too, too many times we've, we've just prayed this prayer real simple. Lord, we just pray for that you'll send out laborers into the, into the harvest field. Have you ever done that? I have. I just pray, Lord, we know somebody is, is, is uh, uh, we want to see somebody be saved. You know, say, Lord, send, send laborers to them. And we, and we just pray it and claim it. And that's the end of it. But Jesus was moved right now when he saw what was going on. When he saw the, the, the people and the condition they were in, he was moved by it. His, his heart was touched. He had compassion. His heart went out to them. And he's making the point that there's not enough. There aren't enough laborers. Of course, he was virtually the only laborer. And like I've said many times before, he told the disciples to pray that the Lord would send out laborers. And the very next verse, chapter one, when he called the same people, the same disciples to, the, to them, he sent them out. So when you pray for laborers, you better be prepared to be sent. I said, when you pray for laborers, you need to be pray, prepared to be sent. You might not be sent. If you're praying about John Doe, if somebody's got a prayer request, you know, we're praying for John Doe. He's on his, he's on his deathbed and he's not saved. Pray for laborers to be sent to him. Well, you might not be the person to be sent. God, God will likely send somebody else, but somebody else is praying for their John Doe. And you're right, it might be you. God, God might want to send you. 
So that, that's, that's a side message. That's not really my message, but that's something to think about. But, the, but, but let me get back to my point. Jesus is moved. This is, there's some urgency here. He's sensing the urgency of the hour, the, the critical need that there, that there are people out there and they're, and they're suffering. They're, they're like sheep without a shepherd. They're being scattered. And we see that all around us today. People being scattered. They're scattered in their, their, their marriages are being scattered. Their homes are being scattered. Their health is being scattered. There's all kinds of trouble and, and turmoil in people's lives and they're being ripped off and scattered like sheep without a shepherd, like just with a wolf coming in and just tearing everything up. And that's what, that's what touched Jesus. And he, was, and he saw that. And, he, and he's saying then with some urgency, implore the Lord of the harvest. Have some urgency in, our, in your praying. Now, if Jesus said do this, then could that be, and we don't do it, could that be the reason why we don't see greater results? Yeah, I believe so. There are, there are a lot of things that require urgency. And there's, there's a twofold, there's two parts of, of urgency and fervency. Those two things go, to, go together and they're on two levels. One level is what we can do. And then there's another level and that's what God can do supernaturally through us. We can get into a place of prayer where as we yield to the spirit, the urgency, you know, like I've said before, God's not half-hearted about anything. He, he passionately loves that John Doe. I mean, he loves that person that, that, we're, that, that came up in a prayer request, passionately loves that person. Loves him loves him far more than we can even comprehend. And, 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 and he is moved with that person's need. And so we can, we can get over in the spirit and we can pick that up from, from the spirit of God and begin to pray with a, with a supernatural urgency. But that doesn't usually happen until we put some natural urgency into it. What do I mean by that? Have, have some concern for people. Care enough to not pray flippantly. I, I, I know I'm well satisfied that there are a lot of things that we pray about and we pray so casually about it because we just want to get it in and get it done and get on with something we want to do. And there's no, there's real no, we're, we're, our heart's not in it. And I'm well satisfied there are some things that are desperate, but we're not very desperate. I'm not talking about anxious and fearful, I'm talking about urgency. But a lot of times, to be frank with you, we don't care enough. We just don't care. And I'm well satisfied there are a lot of times God has to go, well, if they don't care, I really can't move. 
Well, praise God. Isn't this, isn't this exciting tonight? Let's go over to Zechariah 10.1. Zechariah. It's in the Old Testament. Go to Matthew and then turn back a couple of chapters to Zechariah 10. Verse 1 says, Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make flashing clouds, lightning clouds, and give them showers of rain. Well, you know, we're not praying for natural rain, that's for sure. <laughs> but there's an example here. Ask the Lord for rain. Hold your place there. You don't really have to turn, hold your place. Just going over to James again. Remember what James said about the rain? In... Uh, Chapter 5 again. He said, therefore, verse, verse number 7 says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your heart for the coming of the Lord is, is, is at hand. And then he, he gives us an example of praying for rain. If you go on down to verse 17, Right after he said the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And see that in verse 16? We read it a while ago. Then he, then he describes that fervency. He said Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He liked to watch TV too. He liked fantasy football. I mean, if he was here, he would have. He was, he was a person with, with interests and desires and nature like ours. But he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it didn't rain and then he prayed again and I think you can assume that he prayed earnestly that it would rain. So when it comes to, to praying for the rain, we know this is, he tells us here, this is something for the, for the end times, the last days. There's a, rain is required to bring this harvest in. There needs to be the, the latter rain, the, the early and the latter rain coming together in these last days. That's talking about a, 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 a torrential move of God's power and presence and glory and revival and, and that revival that we've, been, that we've been talking about. Could it be that we're not fervent enough? Could it be that we, we just pray a quick prayer? See, we, we prayed tonight, uh, you know, just a quick prayer because there's, there's a place for that. You know, we get a prayer, a prayer request and, and we're in church. And so you, you just pray a simple prayer for that. But so often more is needed. We don't know what's going on with this situation with Doyle's brother. What's going on in that in that. Uh, operating room suite where you know we don't know we don't know how desperate it is but I tell you what Doyle's probably pretty interested in it Doyle's father died no excuse me Gene's Gene's father died having this same surgery had a stroke and died in this doing having the same procedure done so there's some urgency there 
Well, this is just an example. Sometimes we just claim things, but uh, we might we don't take into account perhaps how big a trap the enemy has already set. You know, somebody's health. This could be something that has been that the devil's been been building and planning and and working on for decades, and probably has if he's got two carotid arteries that are ninety percent blocked. That's serious. Well, sometimes we don't get the answers because we don't take the time to pray. We don't, to be honest with you, we just don't care enough. Heaven has compassion. Jesus has compassion. And we need to have compassion. If we're going to have revival, it's going to require some prevailing prayer. Not worried prayer, not anxious prayer, not doubting prayer, not, not fearful prayer, but from some persistent prayer where, where we stir ourselves up. I'm not talking about putting something on. It's not a matter, and I've said this before, it's not a matter of how wrinkled your brow you just, you know, squint your eyes and just, oh, God, that, that, won't, get, that won't carry the day. It's not, it's not, it's not physical uh, antics, but it is, it is a, a, a heart that, that reaches out. And in order to do that, you have to, you and I have to be touched with the feelings of people's infirmities. Jesus is, well, we're one with him. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.